The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So another opportunity for questions. Yeah, and do you pass the mic back? Hey, so one of the questions that I had was from the walk this morning, but um, so I've noticed that while meditating or while sort of trying to be aware, I might have some sort of something like an insight, something interesting. For example, during the walk, it was... Um, the fact that I felt really good with the sunlight for a little while, right? And then I really wanted to hold on to it. Um, so I felt like the, the need to hold on to that state and not want to let it go. So that was an insight. The problem that I have is whenever I have an insight like this, there's like a, a long monologue, which is like trying to remember the insight and trying to understand what the learning is. And fairly often what I find is like I've spent few minutes sort of just analyzing it um now i i I mean the intent is good i think to sort of capture the um to capture the insight but i i I guess the fear is that if i don't capture it i'll forget it in some way so i'm not sure what the right approach to handle that is Mm -hmm. so that's a great question i think you're not alone (laughs) in that kind of um um habit really of mind and it's not just habit I mean sometimes when we learn something um, I I mean there is a skill or or something that our minds kind of want to kind of like oh yeah that's that's what I just learned so there's something about the mind that kind of wants to like reinforce what it just learned and that's natural right that's a that's a natural process what sometimes can happen is that we can jump on that with a little bit of like, um, it's kind of like our our happiness will depend on my remembering this, and so there's 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 some delusion in there. There's some sense of the need or the greediness there. So so you're seeing a, a combination of things. Some of it is just a natural process of mind that that will do this, and some of it is the the kind of the belief or the the greediness of having to hold on to something. And so I think you, saw, you said you saw both parts of that in there. And, and so part of it is, I mean, one thing you can play with, there's a couple things to play with here. One of the things is to see, um, when you notice it, I mean, so the noticing of it is one thing. It's important to, to recognize it. You know, we're not going to be able to just stop it from happening, probably. It's, it's conditioned. It's something that you've done before, and it's something that has been reinforced, and so it will happen. And so, first of all, the noticing of it, it's like, oh, this habit is happening. Noticing that as opposed to, um, so there's a difference between the recognition of, oh, the mind is reflecting about insight versus the doing of the reflecting about insight. There's a difference between those two. And so that's the first thing to to see if you can be curious about. It's like, oh, here's that habit happening. And of course it's happening. 
You know, it's, this has been conditioned, and it's not just conditioned in your mind, it's, a, it's kind of very human to do that. So re- recognizing and re- realizing, oh yeah, this is a human thing. So that's one piece of it, is to, to just notice that it is happening. And you can play with trying to let it go. You know, see if having noticed it in that way, you know, as opposed to just being lost in the, the analyzing of it and the, the, the lost in the greed of wanting to remember it or note it or take it down. Um, so just the recognizing of it, if you, in the recognizing of it, you might notice that you could say, okay, well, let's play with not doing that. Let's see if I can step away from that. In the attempt to step away from that, you might notice the fear, a fear, a sense. So there there may be some responses to trying to do something different. Um, And so notice that. Notice how there's a pull to it. It's like, no, it's not okay to step away from it. So that's something else that's going on in the mind that needs to be seen also. So sometimes in the seeing of something like that, we can choose to say, because we, because we have seen it, we can choose to say, okay, well, that's not so important right now, actually. And so we can just let that go. But if uh, there are times when the trying to let it go reveals just how sticky it is. And in that case, it's useful to notice that stickiness. It's like, there's an attitude here of my happiness depends on knowing that. And so this process of trying to remember the insight and the feeling like it's really important. That's separate. Those are two separate things. The, the trying to remember and the feeling of, ooh, that's really important, got to do that. So noticing that importance, that feeling of importance as another piece. It's like, oh, yeah, the mind's trying to remember it and it thinks it's really important. That's what's happening. And so there's a lot to see in there. You don't have to just try to stop it. And my guess is you're probably not going to be able to stop it. Uh, the Buddha uh, pointed out how our minds are, um, you know, they're, they're, there's a lot of conditioning that goes on. We, the, the habits, the patterns of mind that come up, um, come up because they have been practiced in the past, because they have been conditioned. And um, they are not... Always, they're not always under control. The Buddha's way of framing this is they are not self. One way to, to, to kind of point this out to ourselves is if we, we try to stop something and it's like we don't have that control. It's like so that process is going on and, you, and maybe you could say, well, yeah, I see that's not so useful, but I don't seem to be able to stop that. That's actually a pointer to this teaching of the uncontrollability of our experience. And so that's um, uh, something to recognize that, okay, I can't just stop it. So when we can't just stop something, our work is to, uh, to either kind of um, explore, okay, well, that's what's happening. The mind is trying to remember something. I mean, that's a kind of an e- a, a simple way to frame what it's doing. It's trying to remember that insight. So the mind is trying to remember. And I'm not able to say, stop doing that. I mean, and this is true with other things too, like emotions. You know, an emotion might arise, like anger, and we might have the recognition, yeah, that's not so helpful. But good luck with trying to say, yeah, I can just stop that. You know, it's, it's like that's, our mind doesn't necessarily have that capacity to just flip a switch and say, stop doing that. And when we see that, 
um, it's not under our control. It's like, can you be aware of it? So that process, that trying to remember is what's happening. The feeling it's important to try to remember it is what's happening. And so that's, that's one um, uh, way to explore that. And then sometimes if we see like with, um, with anger, for instance, something really strong um, when we can't stop it, sometimes the, the, the mindfulness of it is not, um, it's not balanced. It, it's like the, the seeing of that agitation or anxiety or anger kind of pulls us under and, and just makes it stronger, just reinforces that anger. And if that's what's happening, trying to be mindful of it, then it's useful perhaps to, to kind of not try to stop it necessarily, but just not give it any attention. It's like put your attention someplace else if possible. So those are a few, a few things. But I, I mostly recommend noticing that it is just something your mind is doing. But in that way of, oh, this is a process of mind. This is, this is the mind trying to remember something and the mind thinking it's important. There are two things. First, one is brief. Uh, just now I was noticing that when the room is warm, I, f- I become sleepy. I kind of fall into the slumber down the rabbit hole. <laughs> and when the room becomes cool, I find myself realizing what just happened and becoming more alert. And then when it warms up again, I'm down the rabbit hole. And I, it's, it's kind of back and forth. So the second thing that I wanted to mention is that during lunch, I was eating my meal, and then it was time for my quote-unquote dessert, <laughs> really a health bar, healthy bar. You know, I love the taste of it. And it was interesting because I saw that I had an intention to break it up into small pieces so that I could savor the flavor longer. And then I thought, no, it might be better if I shared it with the group. And then I realized maybe that was feeding my ego to want to share it with the group. (laughs) (laughs) And then I realized that I didn't notice that it already opened my bottle of water. And so it was a mixture of awareness and lack of awareness and, and Yeah, I just didn't notice that I'd already done that. Just totally hadn't noticed it. So awareness and lack of awareness. So that was it. So a couple of things you mentioned. The shifting between awareness and non-awareness with the cold and warm there. Um, you know that's pretty. That's pretty. Um, that's pretty normal, I think. You know, it, maybe others of you also noticed something similar when it got warm, kind of getting a little drowsy when it got cool, waking up. So this is human, but but you know it is possible. One thing to to just be curious about is that drowsiness itself. I mentioned that earlier. 
Um, it, it's not necessary for us to lose awareness when we get drowsy. And in fact, seeing that pattern, you know, seeing, oh, it gets warm, I lose awareness. It gets cool, I wake up. Seeing that that happens repeatedly, as you feel it start to get warm, you might get a little more curious. How does it happen? What happens as the body gets warm? You know, there's, there's maybe, there's some relaxation as the body gets warm. And that is, um, you know, contributing to the, the mind relaxing, and then it gets sleepy. So you can get curious in seeing a pattern, seeing that you get lost at times, uh, where you get lost or when you get lost, maybe adding a little bit of curiosity to that situation. It's like, oh, it's getting warm, let's see what happens. Not to try to force yourself to stay mindful, but more to be curious, where does the mind kind of begin to slip out? That, that edge of the mindfulness getting kind of like gushy and weak and soft and slippery. So we can, we can kind of be curious about that. It's like, okay, well, oh, it's getting warm. So let's see if, if, if there can be a sense of, or if there can be a curiosity around what happens. Oh, first the body starts to get a little droopy. Then there's a heaviness in the body. And then there's the mind kind of getting, oh, and the mind is getting a little wavery. Maybe I can straighten up the body. So you can see maybe the the process at work um, that might support you to become more aware of that situation. Um, In which case then the mind might not end up wandering when it gets warm. So if you notice at times, if you notice a place or a, a way that the mind wanders or particular situations in which the mindfulness get, tends to get lost, rather than going into that thinking, okay, I'm going to hold on to the mindfulness, I'm not going to fall asleep here, be curious about what happens. Let it be a kind of a, an investigation almost of, the, of what happens there because there's learning that can happen there. And it's, it's kind of like we can uh, extend or stretch where our mindfulness is capable of meeting experience. When we see those places or those times that we tend to get lost, rather than trying to hold on to the mindfulness, almost let it get a little slippery and see if we can learn something on the edges of the mindfulness starting to slip out. It's possible to be mindful of anything, including those slippery spaces. Um, and yet it's, it's kind of like being willing to let it get slippery let it go out and then come back and do it again. And it's, it's like each time you get curious about that slip, um, the mindfulness maybe gets a little bit more attuned to what happens in that space when the mindfulness slips out. So there's a learning that can happen there. And then the other one, it sounds like you noticed a lot in, in the meal, in the eating, and uh, you know the intentions of breaking your... A bar apart, the kind of like, oh, wanting to savor, that's a little like greed, maybe, or, or wanting to share it, maybe that's ego. You know, so there was a lot that you noticed. Um, and there's no right answer there. You know, it's not like one is good and the other is bad, but more just the curiosity. So that sounds like what you, you were noticing, all of that. So that that's, um, shows quite a bit of mindfulness to see all of those intentions going there. The fact that you didn't notice about the opening of the water bottle. Um, you know, that's interesting. Um, sometimes when our mind is 
kind of focused on a certain area, like it sounds like you were, you were knowing what was going on in your mind there. You were noticing the intentions. You were noticing the thoughts. Um, and, then, and then you noticed that the water bottle was open, <laughs> that you hadn't noticed the opening of it. Now, that isn't necessarily... Um, I mean, it, it, what, that, what that shows, it isn't necessarily that there was you know, non-mindfulness in that time because the mind was aware of the other things, aware of what was going on in the mind. But it does indicate a narrower field of mindfulness. You were focused on some area of mindfulness. You were focused on what was going on in the mind. And sometimes when we're focused like that, we don't see other things that are happening. There's a place for focused mindfulness, though, so we don't have to um, you know, necessarily uh, judge ourselves if we don't see everything that's going on. Um, you know, like when we're um, um, walking down the street, we may be aware of, like sometimes when I'm practicing mindfulness while I'm walking, I'm exploring there's something going on in the mind and I'm exploring the state of the mind and I'm exploring what's happening and I may not be aware of all of the steps or you know, all of the body sensations. And that's okay. You know? So, so it, um, at times the mindfulness is very broad and takes in a broad range of experience and sometimes it's more focused. So you don't have to um, like say that there was a lapse of mindfulness there. We, what you can ex- understand is the mindfulness, if it, especially if it feels like there was mindfulness happening in the attending to the mind. It's like you can understand that there was a focused mindfulness that didn't notice that other area of experience, the, the physicality of opening the water bottle. Yeah. Thank you for the report. Thank you. Did I hear you say um, it's possible to be aware of everything? (laughs) Is that what you said? What I said, I think, and maybe I said that, um, um, there there are kinds of mindfulness where you can be aware of a broader range of experience. Maybe you're aware of what's going on in the mind and how your body is and how you're feeling about it. So there can be a broad mindfulness that takes in a broad range of experience. I don't know that it's aware of everything, <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, there are times when the mindfulness is more focused on just maybe, um, um, you know, sometimes when, um, when I'm talking to my mom, for instance, you know, I'm, I'm listening to what she's saying, but you know, I've also got my computer in front of me, and I noticed at one point that when I was trying to multitask, you know, I was trying to like listen to my mom and type something on the computer. It would be like when I tried to focus on typing something on the computer, I began to recognize I did not hear what my mom was saying. So there was a focused attention that took away from the. Uh, you know, the, the, the hearing of what she was saying. And so sometimes our attention gets focused and then we don't experience. So it's not that I wasn't aware of what I was doing here, but in the context of what I was doing, of talking to my mom, that probably wasn't appropriate. So it's selective. Yeah. <laughs> it can be selective. Yeah, the attention can be selective. 
And then there are ways that we can encourage, you know, a broader kind of awareness also. But one is not necessarily better than the other. There are different functions for them at different times. So let's um, shift to a walking walking period again. So we'll do uh, walking until 3.30. It's about five of right now, so about a little more than 35 minutes of walking. Um, And again, remembering relax, finding a way to feel at ease while walking, and then noticing awareness. Are you aware? And what is obvious? Checking the attitude from time to time. So simple. It's simple practice, but there's a lot going on. (laughs) So enjoy your walk. (laughs) 